So, Cathy Boardman, here we are again. Here we are. Hello. Hello there, and it's such a delight to talk to you. We obviously see each other on social media, send the odd expletive each other's ways. But we recorded a podcast episode together last October, and it has been stratospherically successful, downloaded well over 3,000 times so far. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. It was, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the chat and um, and I actually even enjoyed listening to it, which I never do, of things that I'm on. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, it was cracking and it's great talking to another working class Northern Leza. So this is great. Um, you've got an update for me, haven't you? So something else has happened. Tell me everything. Yeah, so I was approached by some women who wanted to do a, a fundraiser for me. Um, there's been a, a women's disco that they were involved with for a while um, that became not women only um, a while ago um, and they wanted to have a women only party and they wanted to do it as a fundraiser for me um, I and for the case um, I was like quite honoured actually you know um, so that was really nice. We booked a venue. Um, we booked it as a as a private party, um, and the it's a hundred capacity venue, so it's not massive. You know, I'd have been quite happy if it was half full. Um, you know, normal stuff. We had raffles, and we were going to have a dance and a drink, and all get together, and you know, and raise some money, which would be great. Now, you know, there's some. Um, confusion what what defines a private party right and what is an open thing we're not running a nightclub you know we're not um putting flyers out in all the local bars to get people to our big event um you know somebody mocked up a little um a pdf with you know a picture of some disco lights on um and said it was a fundraiser um, and that was shared with, with friends and friends of friends. So it was shared in some local Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups with people with a shared interest, right? And, you know, official definition of a private party is, is something that is for people who've got something in common. Now, this is people who wanted to support my case and wanted to have a, a boogie with some other women um yeah, there's a large sort of lesbian community in the town that it was organized in um and a history of of women only events um and some people got hold of the fact that we were doing this um and that it was going to be women only and by women women female adult human females um and decided to try and cause trouble so they were they were trying to cause trouble you know within the local um lesbian facebook group um and then they got the venue details and they contacted the venue um there was actually a campaign organized um interestingly by somebody who is on the local town council um which you know may have affected how much sway they had with the venue um and said you know this is a this is a, a an event for bigots and you know it's trans exclusionary and all the rest of it um and the venue called the organizer to cancel 
Um, they said that, you know, they've, they've had these complaints um, and, you know, they, they can't go ahead with it. Now, on the original booking, it was really clear this is a women-only event. We requested women-only bar staff. Um, it, we were really clear they, they'd seen everything that we were doing. This was, yeah. you know, not a secret. Um, and uh, well, it's not a secret, not something we were ashamed of. And now we hadn't, we told people what the venue was. And again, because it was a private party, we weren't advertising it publicly. Um, and we weren't uh, ashamed of it. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had a party, Julie. Um, Do I look like the sort of lesbian that has a party? I mean, I might have done when I was 20. I'll explain how they work. Yeah, please um, do. You invite people to your party <laughs> and people come to your party and have a nice time. Sometimes people bring their friends. Right. Right. Okay. I know. Um, but we were, it was basically, we were accused of it not being private because we'd invited people to it. So hang on a second. So they were looking at it. As though such a party, which I remember back in my youth, has to almost be a ticketed formal event. A bit like those kind of dinner parties on Downton Abbey, where there's placemats around the table. And obviously, if you just rock up, if you rock up with the gamekeeper's daughter, you know, there's not going to be a placemat for her. So therefore, she'd be kicked out or sent down to the kitchen to eat gruel with the staff. So they expected that you had invitations and RSVPs for everyone. So this is clearly bullshit. And I mean, the irony being that if we had done that, um, that would be seen as a ticketed event that is not a private party, it's an event, right? And we did it. We had a suggested donation on the door. Um, we didn't want to exclude people from coming because it's a party, but it was also a fundraiser, so, you know... As a wage and unwaged price, bring people with a common interest who want to have a nice evening. So, just a second, let me just roll back. We are now in a position of having to say we had organised a women only party and then just have to kind of reiterate that there's nothing wrong with this, that we're not ashamed of this. This is perfectly normal. And Whenever I hear anyone say this, and I do it myself, I say it in order to let people know who might be of a different generation or a different page to those of us that think this is perfectly fine, who think now it's a bad thing, it's a weird thing, it's a really kind of, what the fuck do you want to have a women-only event for? Yeah, imagine not being able to grasp that you just want that because it'd be quite nice. You know, let me just tell you the briefest of stories as to in, in my youth, because even I was young once and I was in my early 20s. So this must have been the very beginning of the 1980s. I was at an event that I'd helped to organise for an organisation, a feminist group called Women Against Violence Against Women. We were in Leeds. We were campaigning to end men's violence. We were having a fundraiser for some women that had been arrested um, and were about to face trial for accidentally driving their car through a sex shop or a sex cinema something like that that I think the clutch had gone on somebody's car anyway we had to raise some money for their defense and there was 500 women all together in an upstairs venue 
of the trades club. So it was a big old trade union building. And downstairs was a, a proper working class men's uh, pub. And the you know the sort. And, and we, we were, the bar, because we were lesbians, still are lesbians actually, um, were, there were seven, eight deep trying to get booze at the bar in, the, in our, our own private venue. We trotted down the stairs to go to the regular pub. And I heard one bloke say to his mate, my God, Ken, there's about 500 women up there on their own. And I, I, I looked at this bloke and I said, how can we be on our own? He went, what do you mean, love? I said, there's 500 of us. And of course, what he meant was there are no men there. So different century, same shit. That was just basic sexism. Give me that any day. But today, let's talk frankly. It's because... The beards, the misogynists will say now, anything now that doesn't actively, passionately, enthusiastically put trans women, in other words, men, at the front and foremost of our events is a transphobe and not to be trusted. This is what we're talking, isn't it, Cathy? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. And it's like, just because you're not invited to a party doesn't mean that everybody hates you. Or, you know, it's just not about you all the time. And and that was what was I was flabbergasted by as well. It was women who were complaining. Or it was a woman who'd led this campaign. Um, <clears throat> it's like, if you don't... If there's a party happening and you don't like the people who are having this party, you don't like the reason they're having this party, but there's a whole room full of people who you don't like, just don't go. And it was a private party and they weren't bloody invited. You know, just don't go to that party. Like, who... Why are you so bothered that a load of women are going to meet up? So then what happened? I mean, what did you do when this all kicked off? Who responded and in what way? The, the first thing we did was just talk to them. You know, the first thing to do was talk to them and say, you know, this is really silly. Um, but they'd, you know, they'd made their decision. Um... And they stuck by it. You know, it is a community venue. It's, there's a lot of um, volunteers work there. So we, I'm not interested in, you know, I didn't want to name and shame or demonise them or anything. Um, we started looking for another venue. And then we realised it was just too late. You know, it was, it's supposed to be this weekend and this has all just happened this week. Um, I... Um, tweeted about it, um, as many people have seen, um, <clears throat> and it kind of kicked off from there, really. So, um, a, a lot of women who would have come, because obviously we had to get the word out to people that it wasn't happening, um, and again, we had to make a decision early on, are we going to try and fight and make it happen, or are we just going to call it? And we had to call it because women were going to travel to come, you know, women have got accommodation that they've sorted or travel that they've arranged, childcare. You know, a lot of people had childcare, travel, accommodation to sort. And it's it's not fair then to, you know, we were like, oh, we could wait another 48 hours to, to see. But then that gives the, these women even less time, whatever the decision was. So we tried a couple of other venues, but it, again, it was too short notice. Um... So we just cancelled it. And when we did, I posted on 
Twitter something along the lines of, you know, a party organised by women for women that's going to be a fundraiser that's been cancelled after these complaints. Um, I think I said then, you know, imagine being so angry that people are going to have a party without you. How sad. Um, and that tweet currently is on something like 175,000 views, which is a few more than would have fitted in this 100 capacity venue, which, and you know, and people are going mad about it. It's, and, and this is what it tickles me no end that more money went in my crowdfunder of people being angry about this being cancelled than we would have made on, you know, people donating a fiver to come to a party. Yeah, but what a shame you didn't have the party. And and how many laws, which laws have they broken? Well, it's bullying, isn't it? It's harassment. It's they're, they're actively... And these are people from the Labour Party who are trying to stop a fundraiser for someone who's been discriminated against at work. You couldn't make it up. So when, So tell me about what happened next, because obviously... This has, as many of these attempted cancellations um, have in in recent times, actually caused us a lot of stress, a lot of angst, a lot of inconvenience, but ultimately has furthered our cause because it's now, we're, we're, so, we're so sick of it and there are so many people now. They shoot themselves in the foot every time. It's just, I mean, that's why I'm in this position to start with. And they were like, you know, can you just not have a discussion about these things? Oh, I don't know, but just stop talking about this. Like, well, I don't want to stop talking about this. And then they're like, oh, you keep saying you're being cancelled and now you're on telly and talking to Queen Julie Bindle and, you know, all of this. Um, and that, But that's what happens when you try and shut people up, especially arsey people. Well, well and, and, and the fact that we're sick of it and that we're actually now not taking it ever, ever, ever because we've got so many around us. I think people have got fed up with... The, you know, the no debate thing that was there for ages. And, you know, we had loads of people on one side who were like, we can't talk about this. And loads of people like us are going like, what? Why? Let's think about it loads more. You know, and, and that is just always led to an incompatibility of lots of people who are doing lots of critical thought and lots of people who block themselves off from thinking. You know, um, and so... And it, it really shows every time they try and stop an innocuous event with, you know, 50 letters dancing, it, to every time they try and stop that, it just makes them look stupid and petty and malicious. And and it makes other people who haven't thought about the whole um, politics around it, it, uh, it opens their eyes to what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And I do think there are some people in positions of power or authority or whatever, who just have gone along with the trans ideology, trans activist demands. They've swallowed the notion that we are bigots. You just have to listen to Nicola Sturgeon, who feels able to just trot out that nonsense about those who are speaking against men in single-sex spaces or rapists in women's prisons, that we're racists, that we're homophobes, that we're right-wing bigots. People are getting sick of it. And they're actually looking at us and thinking, but they're left-wing lesbian feminists or they're gay men that have fought 
for the liberation of oppressed people or they're black women who are speaking out about not being white feminist and and what the hell do they think they're up to so the house of cards is coming crumbling down isn't it and it's quite interesting and and as we've been saying all along we, we look at you know the the prisons issue and the self-id we look at that and this is what we've been saying look this is what's going to happen and this it has been what's happening and you know quite why this isla bryson or whatever his name is um that has been the catalyst it's like that he's not the first rapist who's been um assigned to be put in a women's prison or has is in a women's prison um however obviously this is the one that's the first one after the um the scottish laws um have been debated or not debated um and that again it's just piqued a lot of people and made a lot of people kind of see and even sturgeon won't put him in there and it's like what's going on but I think a lot of it is we have just had to wait for it to filter down to more public consciousness. And it has, for sure. And and actually, you know, I was as a, a you know a long time campaigner against men's violence and a feminist law reform campaigner that's worked a lot with women in prison. I I was quite distressed, knowing it wasn't a surprise, but it being kind of so blatantly obvious that the sports issue, the unfairness about men in women's sports, was always going to capture the public more than did women in prison. But actually, that has shifted now. And it shifted because I think that people really are offended at being thought of and treated as stupid. And, And being told some hulking, raping geezer with his meat and two veg visible through those leggings. He should be arrested just for those leggings, never mind anything else. But, but I mean, just, you know, they're, they're told this is a woman. Well, if you can be told and forced to accept that a bloke like him, and I'm thinking in the general public mind, we, we, we do not, we take no prisoners. It doesn't matter how small and slight and sex stereotype feminine they look. We know they're men, but... For the general public who aren't really engaged with this stuff to be told that a hulking great rapist like him is a woman and that you have to accept him as a woman, they know that it's coming for them. They know that that will be in there, you know, when they go women only swimming once a week or, you know, working class women who have jobs as carers on hospital wards. They know that it's going to affect them. They know it's going to affect their daughters and 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 I think that that has what has really kind of peaked a nation. Really, this line that oh no, people won't um, people won't take advantage of this in order to abuse vulnerable people. It's like what? When when have predatory men not taken advantage of a loophole in order to access vulnerable victims? I mean, there are men that dress up in 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 you know as priests become priests, men that get jobs in football coaches, primary school teachers. And we know, and again, it's just like, we know that not all teachers and football coaches and priests are abusers, but but we still need to put these safeguards in. And we know that people, that predatory men, go through 
this they go through years and they go through they do grooming all of the terrible things they do why would they not do this one psychiatrists doctors gps obstetricians gynecologists coaches of the athletes and the gymnastics it's like they, they go through to great lengths to access victims why would a rapist go into prison not say oh actually i'd like to be in with the ladies please i mean i've heard of not just one man but three men who back in the old days when we had landlines right do you remember those days it was a phone it was attached to the wall it used to ring and you'd pick it up <laughs> i still know my teenage phone number i know about no more phone numbers from my mates from school <laughs> than i do mobile phone numbers these days what i what i'm distressed about with not having a landline anymore i mean although i haven't used it for years is because you now can't put the phone down on someone. And when you actually say, I slammed the phone down on her, somebody will say, well, how could you? Because you've got a mobile, you've got an iPhone. How can you slam the phone down on someone? But anyway, the thing that I remember being told over the years about violent men that trace their their ex-wives is that three of the fuckers got jobs with British Telecom in order to track their new phone numbers. And these men didn't know each other. I mean, this is like they know... It's like they go to abuse a school. They know what to do. And because so many men get a kick out of putting their wives' undies on, I mean, that's all this latest double rapist tosser did, Graham. Um, he just, you know, he, he probably got a bit of a kink of dressing in those fucking leggings and putting that bad wig on. And the next thing we know, obviously, um, there's such a kerfuffle that even Sturgeon had to accept that this is not a good idea. But she has created the culture in which he can say he's a she. When she was kicking off saying... We haven't even implemented our law yet on self-ID. He didn't take advantage of that, or she, no doubt, she called him. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, look how much easier you've made it for any man to go into any women-only setting and harm women and girls. And and predators as well, like these predators, they, they know... Like you say, they, they find these loopholes and they find them independently of each other and, and they'll always exploit them. But they really know how to recognise vulnerability as well. So in the systems, but in the women, you know, in in their victims, they they are attracted to vulnerability and in prisons, obviously. Well, never mind all that. Let's go back to your lesbian party because we're still in a situation where... This is our culture. How dare they? Look, what are we going to do to have an even bigger, better women-only party um, to support your case? Obviously, once you've won it, to celebrate your case. What are we going to do next? Because we do need a party. We need to celebrate. Victories are so rare that we need to celebrate them as they come to us rather than wait until the very, very end. Yeah, Okay. well, um, we've had... We've had some great offers of um, of parties. We've had obviously a lot more interest um, than there would have been anyway, but because we didn't advertise it to start with, because it was a private party, and now hundreds of thousands of people know. Um, but we also have um, a cause to celebrate, which will also cause the party, um, which is that um, one of the organisers had a meeting with the 
the venue, uh, the original venue, and has explained the situation. Um, and the venue have apologised unreservedly. Um, they have acknowledged that they were basically hoodwinked by a vexatious complaint. Um, they, they, they got a lot of grief from um, from the people who were trying to cancel the party. Um, it was quite aggressive. Also, you know, the, the, the name of the venue did get out onto Twitter by someone who'd been invited. And so they've, they've had a, a lot of complaints from, uh, women who would have come and from supportive women. Um, and yeah, they've apologized unreservedly. Um, they've said they were wrong. Um, they were just told that we were bad <laughs> and didn't look into it. Um, the the guy um, who the organiser spoke to today had never heard the word turf, had no idea what it meant. So, you know, they're not actively involved in this um, debate. Um, they, they, it was a well-meaning mistake. Um, and they are now more educated about it. Um, and we will be going ahead um, at a later date. We will be having a bigger party, I imagine, than we would before, which is partly because now more people know and partly um, to celebrate. Well, this is great news. This is brilliant. This this is, and tell me, is there an update on your case from the last time we spoke? Uh, I think it was, I had the preliminary hearing more recently. Um the other side, BIM, they tried to divide it into two separate cases. They tried to extend the the length of it, which essentially would make it longer, um, make it a more drawn out and more expensive process, which I do think is a fairly standard tactic of trying to, you know, I'm not saying this is definitely what they what they are trying to do on it purpose. Is. But it's we a it's a tactic say. that they try and essentially um, make it so long that I can't afford to do it. Um, so I still need money in the crowdfunder. It is it is my in my opinion, um, and it was in the opinion of some of my legal team that this is what Pink News did to me. They were desperately trying to break me uh, with the stress of the length of the case, and they were hoping that I'd run out of money. So that is what they always do. This is what they do. Yeah, this is what they do. And again, my legal team, which is the same as your legal team, actually, on, on the Nottingham case, I think, Julie. Excellent people. And they... So they've managed to... It's not going to be as long as the other side wanted. It's not split into two cases, which is great. Um, they wanted to do a whole case to see if it was going to be unfair dismissal, as well as doing a separate case for the discrimination. It's like... But yeah, again, it's trying to smoke people out and just trying to make them give up. Um, but I am nothing if not tenacious, so I shall not be giving up. Um, that's just the posh word for stubborn, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> I shall be carrying on. It, it, it's, it's a northern thing. It's also a feminist thing. So this is great. I mean, they're not going to put us through this and expect us not to fight back. So we will support you 100%, obviously. Keep us posted, any any developments, and let's talk again soon in a couple of months. And I'm sure, and invite me to that party. 
when it does happen. Uh, yeah, I will. Come along. Get your drink. <laughs> I'll be there. Amazing.